Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Resourceful small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits and features like four times membership rewards points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. So you earn more where your business spends the most, plus up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible business purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24-7 support from a business card specialist, you can continue to run your business with confidence. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Enrollment required. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. This is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life, but also takes a deeper dive into some issues that seem just hard to understand. And for that part of the process of understanding and explaining, I try to find experts that are way smarter than I am. And this weekend, in honor of Juneteenth that's coming up on Monday, I would like to re-air segments of an interview that we conducted with Dorothy Brown. She, uh, at the time we spoke to her, she was at Emory and now she's at Georgetown. But I just want to point out that this is a woman who is so smart. She wrote a book called The Whiteness of Wealth. And I found this book fascinating because she took a deep dive into the United States tax system and how it disadvantages black Americans. But she also has something else as part of this. She explains the problem. She also has a solution. And I love that. So uh, this weekend, again, three parts, we are going to be airing this interview. And first, let's start with a generalized explanation of what led Dorothy to write the book. So I just want to come out of the closet right now that I, like you, I am a closet nerd. <laughs> and unlike you, I am neither a, a lawyer or uh, or an accountant or anything very fancy, but I I love data. And so I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about what drove you to writing The Whiteness of Wealth. Yes, that's such a great question. And what sta it started with me doing my parents' tax returns. I was working as an investment banker and I made by myself, the income that both of my parents made combined. My mother was a nurse. My father was a plumber. And under our progressive tax system, I'm supposed to pay a lot more taxes than they are. And I didn't. I paid more, but I didn't pay a lot more. And I could not figure out why. And every April 15th, I went through the same battle. 
and could not figure out why, but I had a job and I didn't have all the luxury of what I do now as an academic. So I put it in the back of my head and moved on. Eventually, I became a law professor and one afternoon decided to take a break from preparing for class. And I read an article that said, how do you know there isn't a race and tax problem if you don't look? And I was like, what? Race and tax? Are you kidding me? But it was written by a mentor and someone who I respected. And every time I read something he wrote, he made me think in a different way. So I picked up the phone and I said, I'm going to write about race and tax. And little did I know the IRS does not publish statistics by race and tax, which made my my pledge very hard. Yeah, it's interesting because you had to go there. There is great data through the government uh, yes. available in the Census Bureau has great data often. And certainly states have some data, but it was shocking. And of course, when I thought it through, as you laid it out, that, you know, there's no box that you check on your tax return, which says that's right how you identify. So what kind of data were you then pushed towards to try to go on this journey of discovery of what's what the differentials are? And then we'll talk about where those differentials lie and why that is. Right. So what when I figured that out, I thought, oh boy. And I took my eyes and retrained them. So whatever I read And I I went for information or publications dealing with race. And whatever I read, I tried to use my tax brain to analyze the data to see if I could make some point. And I came across a U.S. Commission on Civil Rights study that had the following sentence or so that said, married Black wives contribute 40% to household income and married white wives contribute 29%. Now, to anybody else reading that sentence, they wouldn't think anything of it. But for me, it was tax gold because I know the joint return operates differently if you have a spouse contributing 40% or more to household income than if you have a spouse contributing 20% or less. That statistic led me to unravel the mystery of my parents' tax returns. They were paying higher taxes because they were married, filing the joint return, and they contributed roughly equal amounts to household income. Okay. And so people are going to hear that and they're like, wait, I've heard of this thing called the marriage penalty. So what what's going on? Like the marriage penalty, I think used to mean um, something different than what you're talking about. So let's first also, which was amazing. And I didn't know this as someone who loves this kind of crap so much. I didn't know that everyone used to file an individual return, whether you were married or not. So when did that change? It changed with the joint return in 1948, but what led up to that was the Supreme Court decision in 1930 that was started by a rich white couple, Henry and Charlotte Seaborn, who were one of the few Americans to pay taxes, and they didn't like it. So they used their wealth to get a tax cut, and and the result of that was the joint tax return. 
Now, let's talk a little bit about your parents' situation and how that penalty plays out. Because I do think that this might be instructive for a number of different people, not just black people, not just white people, but it's really a massively weird situation that occurs. So tell us what happened with your parents, their situation, and compare it with you as the individual making the same amount. So what our progressive tax system says is as income increases, so should the tax rate that applies to your last dollar, which means if I make $70,000 and my parents each make $35,000, the tax rate applicable to the last dollar that the $70,000 earner makes is going to be significantly higher than the tax rate applicable to the last dollar, the $35,000 worker makes. The problem with the joint return and how the marriage penalty is created is spouse A's income is slapped on top of spouse B's. The progressive tax rate that applies to them is much higher than had they remained single. I mean, and it is kind of crazy because when you think about it. $75,000 75 or $80,000 should be 75 or $80,000 no matter what. That's right. So that's just the income tax part of it, which to me, I always get nuts about the income tax code and how weird it is because there are so many parts of it that penalize certain groups more than others. And I want to yes. talk about the racial issues behind that that created it and how that has impacted the disparities and how inequality has blown out. So I hate the idea of a home mortgage interest deduction. Why is it that an owner <laughs> gets treated differently than a renter? Well, how did that develop? Well, in the beginning, all interest was deductible. Whether it was business, whether it was personal, whether it was consumer, that all changed in 1986 with the Tax Reform Act. And the only personal interest that was then deductible was the mortgage interest deduction. That was kept because of a very fierce real estate lobby. The same real estate lobby that was very much instrumental in preventing Black people from buying homes. Exactly right. That's exactly right, Jill. So now we have a situation where there are these red line districts where basically realtors are like, okay, you can buy a place in the South Bronx, maybe. And it sounds like your parents were able to do that, but mostly because they, your dad worked for a guy who helped yes. him out, right? A white guy who helped him out. Yes, absolutely. They, um, His boss gave my parents a second mortgage, which was a down payment because my parents couldn't have afforded it without it. Absolutely. Would they have been able to actually buy a place in the South Bronx because that was one of the areas where they were like, okay, it's okay if black people buy there? Or would they have been shut out because they would not have been able to get a mortgage no matter what? They wouldn't have had the money for the down payment. They would not have been able to afford it. They wouldn't, you know, no lender is going to give 100% financing. So there's no, there's just no way they would have been able to afford a home. And what they bought was a three family home so -hmm. that the rental income from the second and third floors helped pay the mortgage. 
That was part one of our interview with Dorothy Brown. Tomorrow, we are going deeper into the disparity within the United States tax code. So stay tuned for that. If you've got a question or a comment about this conversation or anything else on your financial mind, just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Do, of course, let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Don't forget that you can always, always find us and all of our content at jillonmoney.com. Just bookmark that site. It's a lot easier. Thank you so much for listening. Do lift someone up. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Resourceful small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits and features like four times membership rewards points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. So you earn more where your business spends the most, plus up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible business purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24-7 support from a business card specialist, you can continue to run your business with confidence. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Enrollment required. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard.